You're listening to the Racing Virginia Podcast. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Dave C. And I am Brandon Brown. Most definitely, especially <laughs> this weekend, not the NASCAR driver. Hey, but you know what? 43 points above the line. Yeah. One race to go. Man, would that be nice? <laughs> to get to get that hometown Fredericksburg yeah. team into the NASCAR playoffs in the Xfinity Series. Speaking of Xfinity Series, uh-huh. man, what a weekend. I know you, I know you, I've, I've done it before, so I know you're burned out. You know what? Lo- you know Probably what? not, well, <laughs> no, look, probably not as much as you normally would be, because in a non-COVID yep. situation, you would have done more stuff yourself in the infield and stuff like that. Yep, absolutely. So we had, uh, we had NASCAR playoffs weekend at Richmond Raceway uh, this past weekend, uh, four races in three days, which sounds really daunting. Um, you know, my responsibility normally is going around and creating content the entire weekend, talking to fans, you know, getting their perspectives, showcasing everything on social media. Half of the weekend was just not there just because there's no practice. There's no qualifying. There were no fans. There was no, no, anything except for on track action during the four races. And and the majority of stuff that you were able to do was actually from the outside of the track yeah because <laughs> yeah. i don't how you don't how the 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 people the, the employees at this track and i know it's a, it, they're 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 doing nascar is doing a great job yes they are with the COVID 19 uh protocol mm-hmm. but the employees mm-hmm. of the racetrack which nascar owns uh-huh. can't get in the infield it just blows yeah. my i mean it's not because i mean you have it to get well, and, and last Tuesday, prime example when we did the show. Yep, I had to go through COVID nineteen protocol. You certainly did, sir. Signed a lot of paperwork. Uh-huh. I mean, if if you go through that protocol yep. and you had to do it every and day, I to, yes, I did. You had to do it every day. I don't understand why you couldn't go in the infield. That just blows my mind. I know what they're trying to do. They're yep. trying to limit uh-huh. the contact. Yep. Of everybody, but the problem is, is that like you. You would be doing stuff from probably farther than six feet. Yes. So, so here, so here's why, and I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple, a couple of good examples of why. I had actually had an infield sticker that I didn't know about the first day. Oh. So I got to, I, I did not go in the infield the first day, and even when I did go into the infield, they were very strict on who who goes in and when right. and what's going on and everything. So, if you had certain people go into the infield who weren't quote-unquote essential and had nothing to do it raised raised the it raised the possibility of them going up and talking to team members and talking to drivers that they might not should have been doing and and the drivers themselves are on especially you know big lockdown compared to what the teams are so we didn't want to you know and and again nascar has done a great job we you to eliminate People who are, you know, work here in Richmond to infiltrate the many bubbles that each of the teams had with their yeah. with their, um, you know, teams and drivers and, and members and all that good stuff. But uh, great weekend of racing. After I figured out, you know, the lay of the land and what I could and couldn't do, um, it was really, you know, we stayed social distance. The they had a great plan in place, and then we saw some awesome racing with the trucks two xfinity series races and then the cup series race um we had domination in uh on uh on saturday 
um, and some really, really good strategy races, I think, across the board. The Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series Toyota Care 250. Uh, for those guys not being, how do you put this, uh, having, in fact, the majority of them, probably 98% or more mm-hmm. of the drivers, had never ra- turned one lap <laughs> yep. on this track. And for, for that, I know there was probably a few more cautions than than they probably would have liked. I mean, because they always like to go, you know, have strategy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, the, the teams yeah. do. Yeah, the teams do. But it really, to be honest with you, it, it, um, they put on a good show. Yeah. And it's not like some one guy just kind of ran away with it. No. Uh, that, you know, it was kind of, it wasn't settled until the very end. The, you know, the, and that was kind of the theme of the entire entire re- weekend was the strategy uh, setting you know setting the tone for it. You had uh, um, teammates Matt Crafton, who was one of the only drivers who had ever raced in the Truck Series here, out front, and then Grant Enfinger, his teammate, tracked him down and passed him in the winning laps of the race and went on to win it. Um, and that was kind of the you know what happened the entire weekend uh, yeah. you move on to friday night now i will say uh, my my buddy justin allgaier yeah hey it's my my buddy justin allgaier okay well your buddy well but you know the funny thing is that's probably the first driver that we both have a connection with like yeah for you sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah, ju- yeah, Justin from Springfield, Illinois. I worked I, up at Chicagoland. Yeah. With my Dirt Nation uh-huh. podcast that yeah. I had, I've interviewed Justin a million times. Yep. And, but, and just one of the most genuine guys you ever want to meet. Genuine, nicest, <laughs> pleasant, always happy to see you. Yeah, like, I don't, you, you, you. You would be friends with him like in real life. Like, yeah. if you, Abs- you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, just, I, I don't want to say domination, but... It will. To, 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 <laughs> let's just yes, say this. Do. Let's just say this. The Xfinity races were good if you just didn't watch the first place guy. Yeah, yeah, especially on uh, on Saturday. Because there was a lot of pa- there was a oh, lot yeah. of. If and you know what upset me, I forget which commentator said it, but he goes, "Oh, they're racing three wide here at Richmond. That's now that you can't do that." How many? He must not have been at this racetrack <laughs> more than once because it happens regularly yeah. on this track. Yeah, like you can you can make it work. I've three seen wide three in the corner. I have seen three wide in turn two, and that's hard to do. It is very hard to do. But if you saw like uh, we haven't had day races here in, in a little bit in a few yeah. years, but the day the last day race that we had here, they were utilizing all three lanes of the track. You had drivers like yeah. Ricky Stenhouse running the top of the track in the in the corners, but uh, um, the you know the racing here was really good behind the leaders, especially on Saturday. Um, as Justin Allgaier swept the weekend, swept a doubleheader, the first doubleheader Xfinity Series uh, event in Richmond Raceway history. Um, and I tell you, the uh, the Friday night race, he. He played it perfectly because he saved his stuff just enough to to go. And I was listening to the radio and stuff, and they decided to go with, like, 15 to go. And he just went up there, passed Justin Haley, got the lead, and then went on to win. And then survived a late race restart after having, like, a 10-second lead. Um, so his car was as dominant as I've seen a car in person in the yeah. Xfinity Series. Uh, the Cup Series Federated Auto Parts 400 yeah. was a phenomenal race. Yeah. Strategy, no natural cautions. You had 40 of the best uh, best stock car racers in the world not running into each other, which was kind of surprising. But it left the door open for 
a bunch of different pitch strategy that that saw comers and goers and and a bit of tire fall off. Tire didn't lay down any rubber, which was really really weird. But it did it did fall off uh, towards the end yeah. of a run. Um, and Brad Keselowski got his second Cup Series win, um, beating Martin Truex, yeah. his teammate Joey Logano, and a surprising, probably not to him, but a surprising Austin Dillon, who, save for a couple mistakes, could have probably won that race. And I mean, but there were a lot of a lot of storylines there. Yeah, really, a lot of storylines, and to go to Bristol and. That be a cutoff? Oh Lord, have mercy! <laughs> Let's, do, you, uh, do you think that there's going to be a little beating and banging? Uh, I think that there's definitely going to be a little beating and banging, especially um, especially if you've got a couple drivers um, on the bubble who are you know driving close to each other at the end of the race. You've got guys like Matt DiBenedetto and Ryan Blaney who run really well at Bristol, who are going to basically need a win to advance into the next round of the playoffs. So those guys are definitely going to be running into each other, maybe. Um, maybe they won't. But, yeah, Bristol's going to be fun, especially if you uh, if you watch the spring race. You had uh, a little incident at the front of the field with Joey Logano and Chase Elliott that opened the door for Brad Keselowski earlier this year. But, yeah, it was fun. It was fun at Richmond. Um, it was weird. It was really, really weird with no fans. Like, uh, and somebody texts me. It's like, hey, you get the whole track to yourself. And I'm like, I don't like it that way. I like sharing the race weekend with all of the fans and the energy that they bring and the excitement and stuff and going up, going up there and hanging out with them. Uh, even when, I'm, you know, when you're working, you can go up there, find a spot, and then and yeah. watch the race a little bit. But it was really weird. To be there, eerily, you know, eerily quiet yeah. in the grandstands before the race started. Um, but again, we did what we had to do, and can't wait to have the fans back here next year. You, yeah, and if you're going to look at a silver line, a positive. Yep. The, you had four great races. Yep. Hopefully, the TV numbers will show that they were good. Yep. And because of no fans, Langley and Dominion. Mm-hmm. Ran late, uh, ran shows, and yep. you normally wouldn't get that on a Saturday sure, night. Sure, absolutely. So it gave um, gave them the ability to to race, mm-hmm. and they had some good. Uh, Peyton Sellers won both at Dominion. Okay. Uh, Mark Wirtz picked up a win at uh, uh, Langley, and who, who was the other guy that won? I can't remember. But they I don't they, know. Had, I was they didn't Richmond. they didn't have they didn't have the same winners. Let's put it that way. Okay. Uh, and a little bit of a conf- controversy at Langley. Oh, I, yeah. I saw, I, uh, I saw that. I don't even what know. What happened? I, I don't know. I'm, Call Vaughn. Ask him what happened. I don't. We, we might have to at the very end <laughs> real quick. And so he just so he can get his opinion in there. I mean, there was I, I guess somebody jumped a uh, start and it caused an accident. Or I don't know. It just it happens. <laughs> it happens it all happens. the time. Uh, we got a great show for you. We're gonna <laughs> kind of switch it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we were gonna have Jay Cox with out of Smithfield, North Carolina. He, he was gonna talk about uh, this week's uh, Comp Cam Shakedown Nationals presented by Fuel Tech. 
Nice. Can you believe that? I yeah. remembered that. <laughs> right there. Because it's, 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 it's... If you can, if you can see the screen right yeah, now, it's, it's like... It's flying by me right yeah. now. Uh, but uh, so we're going to we're gonna switch it up a little bit. We're going to have Tyler Crossno. Yep. Uh, he is the vice president of, of Virginia Motorsports Park. And I just got Tommy Franklin. Oh, yeah? Remember we said we needed to talk to him a little bit more? Because uh-huh. we never even scratched the surface about his racing. Yep. Really didn't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we'll have uh, him back on, and uh, we have Matt Mills. Okay, Matt Mills from Lynchburg, Lynchburg Virginia. Virginia, who uh, who races the number five in the in the aforementioned Xfinity series, who just raced here at Richmond Raceway, and he picked up a couple of uh, great finishes. So we thought that we would have him on and talk to him about it. And you know what? I have no idea that he was from Lynchburg, Virginia. That, that, that just, I mean, how many, mm-hmm. let's just point out, we got Brandon Brown. Yep. We have Matt Mills. Uh-huh. We have Jeb Burton. Jeb Burton. We have um, Harrison. I'm just saying, I know he Harrison. lives in, I know he lives once in North removed. Carolina. Once removed. Uh, who else we got? Quinn Huff. Quinn Huff. Yeah. Hauf. Uh, Hauf. Yeah. Hauf. Quinn Hauf. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, by the way. And Hall of Famer uh, Denny Hamlin, remember. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say this because I, I know you listen to him too. Uh, Door Bumper Clear yeah. from uh, Dirty Mo Media. Yes, sir. Uh, the, the, some sponsor, uh, spotters that, that come on and, and talk. In fact, yeah. I, I, I'm, we're going to call Frank Denny yeah. for two things. His racing career and his mentorship of a lot of drivers here in the state of Virginia. And also, he is, he is a spotter. Oh, yeah? Yeah. For who? Hell Ricky yeah. Stenhouse. So let's, uh, you know what? Let's get this, this let's get this party rolling. All right. Do, do, should Who's we do first? Who, should we do Tyler or Tommy first? Let's see. Let's um, do Tyler first. Cause all right. That way we can get all the info. What do you think? Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's talk about the uh, what's what's the name of the race again? You remember? Come on. Yeah. It's the comp cams. <laughs> see, I, you know you know better, Tyler. Than we need to give you at least a some kind of intro. I'm- I'm excited, man. It's race week. (laughs) It's it's race week every week for you guys. How many cups of coffee (laughs) has he got in him already? (laughs) Yes, sir. It's Monday on race week. you got to be excited. There you go. Look, I told Tyler last night, I said, man, you got to bring your A game. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like he's remember, off to a really good remember, start. Because remember last time, uh, one, after your interview last time, Tyler, we, we got off, and after the show ended, we go, maybe we need to do a segment with Tyler on a regular basis. Hey, let's do it. I, I told you he would do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, so let's you're, introduce you're, the race. How about so, that? Yeah. So, we're, look, uh, we're kind of, uh, you're, you were, you're batting clean up. Or you were, you were supposed to back clean up. Yeah, now you're leading off. Now you're leading off. <laughs> oh, well. Um, I, and, and the bad part is, is I'm going to have to bring the heat because you got a North Carolina boy coming on next. So it's like, oh, man, well, you can't let them come in here and try to play ball. Well, I, I had to – look, we had to switch it up totally, dude. Uh, Jay is actually, unfortunately, at a truck wreck. I guess on a wrecker. That's – yeah. Yeah, so, I, I I hate to hear about the crash, but I'm also glad to hear that Jay's actually working. So that's actually good for him. Oh, man. So you know who you know what he does? He goes call Tommy. <laughs> so <laughs> so, guess, so guess what? We're going to revisit with uh, Tommy Franklin as well because so, is, is he racing now? Yeah, Tommy's going to be yeah. racing in this. All right, cool. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, 
Tommy is coming off of a win at the last PDRA race here a couple of weeks ago. So, um, so he's going to try to. I'm sure he'll be trying to go back to back here at the here at VMP. So. Can't ever tell about Tommy. He'll be a tough one. Perfect. It, it is the 18th annual, I believe it is, uh, Comp Cam's Shakedown Nationals presented by Fuel Tech. And I didn't even look. No. You know, I, got, I, got, <laughs> we, I got it memorized. Well, that was good. <laughs> got we did have to read the Roman numeral a couple times to yeah. decipher it, but we think we got it. But a, a big, big event, to, to say the least, yeah. uh, this weekend. Some, very, some really historic race. Some really good talent going to be there. For sure, it's a very historic race. This, this race actually started in New Jersey at English Town oh, at, wow. at Old Bridge Township Raceway Park. Um, Dave Hant created this event from the start. Um, Dave was the promoter for ten years and um, had some had some stuff come up. He was ready to bow out, so he he passed the event over to Bill Bader at Summit Motorsports Park in Norwalk, Norwalk Ohio, and Bill had it for five or six years. And then we picked it up last year um, when Bill was ready to, to pass the torch on. So, so this is our second shot at it um, at an event that is known for setting world records and, and being an awesome event. Um, I actually went and raced this event three years ago at Norwalk. And, and I went and raced Ultra Street with, with my old Fox body up there and, uh, and actually run it up and Missed the missed the shakedown trophy at, at Norwalk by like point double oh three at the finish line. But, oh no! <laughs> but see, this that's a, one of those that I wish I could have back. Tyler, that that see, this is something we didn't talk about the first time we talked to you. I had no idea you had a racing background. As I mean, yeah, as a racer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I started uh, bracket racing when I was 15, 16 yeah. years old. He said, "Uh huh." And then yeah. I yeah yeah yeah, I yeah. Did. yeah. It was all right. I didn't do any good bracket racing. We don't talk about that side. <laughs> uh, but then I, a couple of years ago, I built the Ultra Street uh, Fox Body, ran ran that class on 275 drag radials. And that was actually the best race I had. We went to the finals there and had a very competitive car, a lot of, had a lot of races. But it was a it was a fun time. Ended up selling that car. And now we... Now we're all all full bore in the promotion and racetrack game, so can't play too much anymore. For for you uh, and this event, uh, kind of let everybody know what they could expect from this. I mean, I'm looking at some of the the cars, especially the pro mods. Man, those things are badass. And uh, just to see those cars would be worth the 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 price of admission. Oh, a hundred percent. So you have Pro Mod that, that really is your knowledgeable, known of class that, that's beating on the door to the 350s and, and a ton of cars running the 360s at over 200 miles per hour in the eighth mile. But then a lot of people, well, some of the common knowledge drag race fans don't have knowledge of radial versus the world. Um, it is actually a radial tire that measures in about 11 inches in width, 11 to 12 inches in width, and... They have the same power plants as uh, ProMod, close to the same weight. Some of them are less, um, some of them are more. And you'll see those cars running in the 350s. Um, actually, last year, they were the fastest cars we had. We set the national record in radio versus the world last year at this event, uh, going 357 with an actress car. You know, um, I, re- I think I remember that. I think I remember seeing that because it ended up in the papers and, and as well. Yes, yes. And we, um, we're actually the only race on the planet right now that will put 
pro mods and radio versus the world beside each other and race them side by side for a shootout. And, and we do that on Friday night with, um, with judgment day. And that's a deal where basically the top eight qualifiers in pro mods and the top eight qualifiers in radio versus the world will draw mm-hmm. chips, see who they get to run and whichever team wins, Splits up ten thousand dollars. Wow! Now, see, that reminds me, as as a fan, as a drag drag racing novice of the uh, the NMRA versus N- NMCA Super Bowl, how they how they split yep. those guys up, and at the end of that event, do kind of the same thing. Yes, exactly. You, you run out and go for the rings up at up at the NMCA deal, um, and in which we've I've helped on a car that's running that. It's a very very awesome program that they do over on that side. But, yeah, this deal is, is really cool because you have guys that will race against each other that never, ever have lined up beside each other. Oh, like wow. I've, I have, I'm really good friends with a lot of the radio guys. I've been in this market for 10 years. And those guys have never raced with Tommy Franklin, John Strickland. Like, and it's really cool because – you get to see, you get to think at all times, man. I wonder what Jay Cox would do beside Marcus Bird or Stevie Jackson or or anything like that. And you actually get to see that play out. And it was crazy because we all joked around last year saying, "Man, wouldn't it be cool to see Marcus Bird and Tommy Franklin run each other in this deal?" Because they were both nitrous cars, they were both number one qualifier. You know, it's the two fastest yeah. cars on the property. Who who wouldn't want to see that race? Absolutely. And and we're sitting there all joking around going, well, you know, what's the fate in that happening? Well, they all draw chips. We start calling out one step forward, two step forward, et cetera. And we get down to the end, and Tommy and Marcus are the last pair that go down. And it was absolutely incredible um, just to see those two cars blast down the racetrack beside, beside each other. Marcus actually got the win, but Tommy ripped the christmas tree down and cut him up on a hole shot so it was a really close race oh man um so it, there's a little bit of redemption that tommy wants to have um <laughs> this weekend be, be sure to ask him about that because he'll get him fired up <laughs> we certainly will and, and by the way um are, are you guys going to be able to have at least some fans there yes we, we do have spectator tickets um we're at, we kind of are pushing everybody to buy online uh, of course, just to yeah. make the, the touchless operations and mm-hmm. stuff like that, as we've done over the past couple of months. And we are able to have fans. Um, our rules are pretty simple. Um, we have seating for 15,000. So our numbers are, are in a good spot to where we can handle this event and really shouldn't have to turn anybody away. We don't, we don't really see that having to be an issue with our capacity numbers and how that we're doing our social distancing plan. And, there we've gone through our grandstands and marked green green stripes and red stripes as to where you can sit for proper distancing, no standing on the fence, uh, restricted areas or closed or the starting line being clean and not having crowds around the starting line yeah. and, and stuff like that. So really a pretty easy layout as far as for the fan. Um, it's just, man, you come up, get your ticket online, walk in, uh, one of our representatives will will scan your your barcode and you're off to the races and, and that's as simple and, and easy as it gets for for admittance into a drag race these days that has been hard over the past couple of months it, it's been a for a lot of racetracks and a lot of places all across the country it's been a struggle just to say 
hey, we can sell tickets, much less, hey, what do we do once the people get here? Yeah, and when we first talked to you on our our, um, first show back this year, that's what you guys were going through. We're how you know <laughs> learning all of the ins and outs and what you can and can't do and how to do it best. How much have you learned this year in putting on this the events with social distancing efficiently? Oh, I I, I have told a number of people this has been the hardest year I've ever been around sports, but it's also been the most rewarding because. We'll go out and try something to say, hey, look, maybe this makes our, you know, maybe this speeds our gate up because the first thing we saw when we got back was, man, it slowed our gate down. Mm-hmm. Just from, okay, we got to do this. We got to make sure we do this. And, and of course, it was new to our employees. So at that point, it's like, it's going to slow down anyway, just because it's not common practice. Well, now those processes are quicker. We've learned better and more efficient ways to do that. So now we've picked back up our speed for, for admittance into the facility. And now we're just saying, okay, if we push the online sales more, now you have less, you have more touchless operations, so to speak. And if somebody comes in, uh, parks their vehicle in the parking lot, walks up to the walk-in gate and just holds their ticket or their phone up, we can scan it with our new scanners that we purchased through this downtime, through the COVID program. And you're in. That's it. You walk in, you got four tickets. Scan it four times, boom, you're out. See you later. Man, that, you're, that, you're rolling. Yeah, that no contact stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, uh, Tyler, that we probably haven't talked too much about with the promoters is that this contactless way of ticket sales, I think it's going to help the promoters in the future because, you know, you get, you get you get your fans – used to buying early and you know because as i've told my boss all the time your your fan may have the the uh, money for a ticket on monday but you never know what's going to happen from monday to friday or saturday or sunday Uh, exactly you you know now you know now he's you know if, if he had a little bit of a bad week he can come and have have a good have a good night you know get get yeah. out of that frame of mind uh, that's you know i just think that this is going to help in the long run oh i agree 100 percent. and it it's always accessible that that's what i like about it is you know let, let's say somebody goes out and and comes in on on a bonus check or something like that but there's an event that's three months away that man i really wish i had tickets to that or really wish i could buy tickets to that or I'm going to put money back and save for that. Well, we all know this happens. I'm going to put money back and save for that. And then three days later, ooh, I'd like to have that. (laughs) And and it's like, whoop, that's gone. (laughs) But it's with the online ticketing, and and this is something that we've learned, haven't done this year, we'll probably do next year, is we want to try to put our entire season online in in January or February to where – People can say, I want to buy tickets for the shakedown and in March and it's not till September. Yeah. Well, then that's done. You you have they have their ticket. It's in an email folder with on our system in case they lose the email or lose the paper or whatever, it's in our system. All they have to do is walk up and we can search their name and boom, it's you're in. Um I 
think that's a positive. I, I think that grows the sport, whether it's round track, dirt track, mud bog, drag strip, motorsports in general. It, I think that grows the sport to be able to have tickets accessible at any time that some that a race fan comes up with an added income or a extra that they weren't expecting that now they can use that to go to the racetrack. I don't think there's a negative in that at all. Yeah. And and two, it obviously gives you all opportunities to streamline the ingress process too. Like Correct. If if, uh, if you don't have a, a line of people waiting out the door to, to buy tickets when they're there, um, and they do this online process and they show up, they go beep and they they're in the door. They're more likely to come back because it was just a easy way of, of getting in and out. A hundred percent. That seamless operations of. And we've all done it. Let, sure. Let's face it. We, we've yeah. all walked up and went, man, look at the line to sit here and wait for tickets. And by the time you get up to the ticket booth, the poor little girl in there is doing her job. Yep. But you're so mad when you get there. It's like, it's $20. I knew it was $20 when I bought this ticket when I decided to leave the house. But, man, it's $20 and I waited in line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a, I mean, we've all done it. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's just that extra that extra little bit of stress, that extra pain point of uh, of doing it. And if you have this online process that people get used to, I mean, it's it, it's just an enjoy. It, it's it's almost psychology, you know, just posi- positive reinforcement for the fans if they have a really good easy time. And, and I tell people this all the time, like when we're promoting races and trying to, you know, um, sell tickets at Richmond Race Week. The easiest, the easier it is, and the happier the person is going through that process, the more likely they're going to buy, the more likely they're going to buy more, and the more likely they're going to come back. Exactly, and that's the let, let's be honest, if there are so many options to do something on a Friday or Saturday night these days. You can go to Top Golf. Yeah. You can go to the racetrack. You can go ride around in your truck. I mean, yeah. it, there's so many, there's so many options of things to do. I guess you would say mm-hmm. that if your operations are difficult and it's a and it's a, and it's just a pain to buy the tickets and get in the door. Yep. you've lost that fan before they ever walked in. Absolutely, you could have the you could have the best show in the world between the walls. But if you lost that fan at the gate or at the concession stand or at the restrooms or something like that, you've lost that fan for good. It doesn't matter how good your product is. If the, if the things around your product isn't as good or better than the product, you, you don't have to worry about that fan coming back because they're going to say, well, it's easier to get in the door at Top Golf. I'm going there on Friday night. Sure, and and to the younger generation, I mean, with everything at the, at your fingertips, and them being better than than we are at technology, they are used to that like that immediate gratification. So if yeah. if you don't have immediate gratification, like they're going to associate that with, um, you know, I'll go into the racetracks a pain in the butt. I'm not going. I'm I would rather do this. Yep, exactly. And the the thing that that also that we fight is. Our sport is different than than round track, I, and I've even right. I've said this in the last week with Richmond having the NASCAR race. Um, hated you guys couldn't have fans of that. Oof, I hated that for y'all. It was but, weird. But even even oh, I can't imagine. Even if there was the fan operation, okay, that race lasted. How long did that race run? Race time, two and a half hours, three hours. 
if if that was a quick one, yeah. So three three hours around about for the cup race, and about an hour and a half, two hours for the the trucks and Xfinity races. And, and that's where that's where we struggle, and, and, and I struggle as a promoter um, because I want to have a bunch of cars. Yeah. Like when when I look at a race, I want to say, man, I got two hundred fifty rigs here. You know, parking lot looks killer. Parking lot full. This looks great. Blah blah blah. But a round, just a round of eliminations in the first round takes four hours to run. Well, to keep that young fan, to keep any fan engaged in a race for four hours, and you've only run all the classes once, is probably the hardest thing I've ever that I've come through with the sport. And it, a lot of it that I've learned is mixing the the run order up to where instead of running all your fast classes at once and then running your slower stuff mm-hmm. in a group to, to where you would think in your mind, give somebody a time to go walk the pits and all that. They don't want to walk the pits. They've already walked the pits. They want to watch racing. And what what we've done, and, we'll, and we do it this weekend with Shakedown, is we'll run a fast class and then kind of one of our slower middle-of-the-pack classes and then a, then a fast class, then a slower class. And we kind of do that throughout the event to kind of try to keep that fan engaged. Yeah. Um, it, and it, it's bad to say this, but it, at this race, we have a class that runs 504, 503 is the record mm. in the class. That's the fastest anybody's ever gone. Well, that's the slowest cars we have on the property. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's like, for, for a common motorsports enthusiast, like five seconds in the eighth mile, that's pretty fast. And it runs on an eight and a half inch tire. It's like, man, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. But for a fan that they're watching Pro Mod Radio versus yeah. the World and Pro Two Seventy Five, if it doesn't have a three as the first number on the last time, they're going, "That's slow. Why yeah. are we watching?" Yeah, because I mean, like there could like as and this is what happened with me when I when I first started at Route Sixty Six Raceway in two thousand fifteen. NHRA weekend was my first weekend. And guess what I knew? <laughs> yeah. Guess what? <laughs> like, I showed up on Monday for my first day of work. Uh, it was Friday night qualifying on that Friday. Um, and so, and guess what I knew about NHRA? I knew that John, <laughs> <laughs> I knew John Force drove a funny car. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. So, as but, a, as, but as a, you left. You left Friday night going. I got the best job in the world. Y'all see you, you damn right. My first, my first snoot out. My first snoot full of nitro, man. I will never forget it. But my my point is, um, as a fan who knew nothing about it, but was still coming to the race to enjoy it. Like that's like. Y- if you don't know anything about it, the only thing that you're coming for is that feeling of speed. To yeah. as, as a yep. race fan. And I will tell you this, Tyler. the The first time I ever went, well, I can't say that. My dad used to drag race, uh, <laughs> but it was overseas, uh, and it was always on a um, a runway for an airplane, you know, at an airport, because uh, he was in the military. But the first time I experienced NHRA was at VMP, and I uh, they asked me to come. I had a live show. Uh, they asked me to come for the the you know do a, a show on Sunday morning, like I you know I normally did. So I did it, and man, I'm, the drivers are awesome. Ron Caps and all those guys were just phenomenal. And to be able to have John Force sitting next to you, 
He, and he didn't care, man. He was like, he was all for it, man. He was digging it. And then uh, after that, when it goes, I went up on the roof. I was, I had my back turned. And the, the uh, funny cars were out there. <laughs> and I had never experienced that before. And when they left the line, it's, I, I must have jumped. 10 feet in the air. It, it literally, uh, I'm like, Oh my God. And then the guy goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. So uh, top fuel dragsters takes me down to the tree and stands me right there with both of the, I thought my, I thought the, yep. the, my ribs were going to come out of my mm-hmm. chest. It, it, you know, that, that feeling, I mean, just standing next yep. to him. It was crazy. And that's and that's the yep. feeling as a promoter that you want to try to convey yeah. to people who have never been there before. So so tell us tell us what's going on. What what can the fans expect all weekend long at VMP? Our biggest thing at this event is the relatability to real. And and this is this is kind of weird to say, but a lot of fans get lost in ProMod because well I you know my uncle has a 69 Camaro. Yeah. But that, that doesn't look like a 69 Camaro. It does on the front. <laughs> it does on the front. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else is sure not. <laughs> but that's what's so cool to me about small tire racing. Yeah. Is that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a picture right now of Blake Copson's Outlaw 10 5 Corvette. It's a 2018 Corvette. And if you look at the car, it looks exactly like a stock vehicle that's driving down the street it ain't with stock. two parachutes and a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it but, it, it, exactly. It's far from stock. But for the for the general motorsports yeah. enthusiast, they go, man, that's a Corvette. Or that's a Mustang. Or And, and that's where I feel like small tire racing has a kick right. up for a regular racing fan because they can look at that and say, man, that looks like and those Corvette that they have. Yeah. Well, then it just goes 380 at 212, and they go, yeah, that's not my buddy's Corvette. <laughs> but that's, that's one thing that I like about it is, is it look a lot of the cars are real. They're, they're stock cars that came out of Detroit or, or Bowling Green if it's a Corvette or wherever the, the vehicle of choice was made, but they're still roof and quarter cars. Yeah. Now, the rest of it's carbon fiber and fiberglass. <laughs> but the... the um, the relatability to a real car yeah. is very enticing for, for fans. The speeds are incredible. Um, the mechanics that these car ha- that these vehicles have running on small tires that are 11, 10 inches, eight, even eight and a half inches wide going four seconds, three seconds in the eighth mile mm. at 200 and at over 200 miles an hour. And it's just, it's really incredible. Um, the amount of work that it takes on the racetrack side to make that little tire work is rough. I say rough because that's my job. <laughs> you you go home after these races and your ankles hurt, your feet hurt, your knees hurt because of so much. You have to put so much more traction compound on the racetrack to make the radial tire go down. And, and it's completely different than a slick because a slick wants to kind of get a little bit of wheel speed and then drive off. So you don't have to use as much product. Whereas on a radial, it has to just dead stick the tire and then go. Cause right. if it ever spins, it loses traction and the race is over for the, for that driver. Um, that's a hard concept for a lot of people to pick up and a lot of people struggle with it. Um, 
but it takes a lot of tractor time and a lot of traction compound to do that. So we try to set our classes to where we're not on the racetrack as often as other races. And then we're, we're actually trying to put cars on the racetrack as quick as we can run a solid program and all that. But really just the relatability, it's really fun. The drivers are awesome that, that drive these cars. They'll, they'll pick up your little, your kids and let them sit in the cars and, you know, they, they love it. it. It's funny. Uh, I have a buddy of mine that races, and he's one of the best in the country in, in his particular category. And, you know, most kids and parents are scared to go up and, and talk to people or, or hey, can, can my son or my daughter sit in your car? And, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Um, uh, it eats him up. He's like, man, it makes me mad when people walk by. And you know they want to say something, but they won't say anything. <laughs> so so he's really good with with people and, and a lot of these drivers are like that they they love the fan interaction they love seeing kids smiling and happy and a lot of uh, i mean i'll bet you half of the the crews have t-shirts that they sell and stuff like that and they'll give away half of them that they don't care it, it's all in fun and getting to see a kid smile getting to see a, a teenager come out here that just got out of high school or in college and get to see these cars and think and think man i'd like to do this one day or or just getting to have a good time and then they walk out of here with a free t-shirt just because the racer gave it to them and and that's what kind of people that that this race has and the performances will be second to none you'll never see another show like this in this area until we bring it back next season well the comp cams shake uh shakedown nationals presented by Fuel Tech, will be this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And, folks, I'm telling you, just go to racevmp.com. Racevmp.com. It can't be – it doesn't get any easier. Just, it says buy now, and you just click on the little button. That's it. <laughs> yep. All right? <laughs> take, take out your credit card or your debit card and put the, money, you know, put the numbers in there, and bam, you're done. And show up. Got your and ticket. It, yeah, print off. Yeah, then, then show up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, show up. Yeah, we want you. Yeah, they want you to show up. Uh, I, I tell you what, Tyler, it's always great to have you on. You, you, there's, I don't know, Brandon's over here. The energy yeah. level, just uh, you know, when it went up, right? A boof. Yep. So I, I think he's. I think he's. Con- if if the uh, if the misses will allow, I think he's convinced me to try to stop by this weekend at some point. <laughs> Come on. Come on, both of you. I got your names at the gate. Y'all come on. There you go. We will have a ball, I promise you. That sounds good, bud. Uh, folks, he is Tyler Crossnow. You can see him uh, working his butt off <laughs> this, this uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at uh, uh, Virginia Motorsports Park for the Comp Cam Shakedown Nationals presented by Fuel Tech. Thanks, Tyler. Anytime. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. All right, bud. See you. Bye. Bye. But I'm gonna tell you what that dude is. That dude is awesome. I don't. It's it's guys like him, and I, I admitted my ignorance as I started my uh, drag racing work and working with drag racing and stuff. It's guys like him who helped me learn yeah. about the sport and helped me enjoy it. Um, you, know, you know, the energy that he has is infectious. Well, we're going to we're going to keep this show rolling. Let's roll, you know, man. Let's just keep it rolling cuz we're going to uh, go to the phone lines again and talk to uh, a kid out of Lynchburg, Virginia. Drives the number 5 JF Electric Chevrolet Camaro for BJ McLeod Motorsports. He is Mr. Matt Mills. How you doing, Matt? 
Doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we we couldn't be doing better. Yeah, man. Uh, sounds like uh, pretty good. Doesn't doesn't quite explain how good you were this weekend uh, at Richmond Raceway with a pair of 13th place finishes. Um, we'll jump right into it and ask you uh, about those two impressive runs in uh, in the uh, Virginia is for Racing Lovers 250 and the Go Bowling 250 on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, it was just, um, you know, a weekend like that is almost a win for our team. You know, it's been a rough 2020 just trying to catch a break. You know, we've had ups and downs and um, to really just come this weekend, you know, we didn't do anything special. Um, you know, it's just a track that I've always, always really liked. And I was fortunate enough to have some tires to go along with it, which is really important at Richmond. And we just went in there with the attitude that we were just going to have a good weekend, you know? Um, like I said, we've had some unfortunate this year. So walk out of, um, this weekend with, you know, two top 15s was, you know, like a win for our team. You know, we were up there passing people with 10 times our budget. And, um, you know, that was, it just was a great weekend. You know, everybody was ecstatic, you know, um, all the text and everything that I've got over the weekend and all the support that I've seen just really showed, you know, um, that, you know, our race team, we're, we're not usually up there running that well but it shows that we can if everything um goes right and we put our mind to it and i've noticed uh, um for anybody who doesn't know two 13th place finishes are your two best xfinity series finishes in your career save for uh your 10th place at daytona um and i've noticed that the team is just by by finishing is slowly improving but to jump up from, say, running in 30th place, running in 25th to 13th, how big was that for uh, for the team, and what do you attribute that to? Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, it's all season long, like, we've been better as a team. You know, we've showed speed throughout the year, you know, to run top 20 to top 15 times and stuff. We've just, something has always happened in the race for the result to just not show it there. And it was, you know, this past, you know, before Richmond and Darlington, we finished 22nd. We should have been about 17th, 18th. But, you know, that was still good momentum for the season that we've had. And, you know, the week before that was 16th at Daytona. So, you know, this back half of the year, you know, we're starting to build a little bit of momentum. We've kind of got that, you know, um, bad luck or whatever you want to call it off of our back, hopefully. And, you know, to finally show them what we've been made of all year. We just, you know, we we had some unfortunate that kind of, you know, didn't get the results that we we actually showed that we're capable of. And this weekend, we finally just we had, you know, everything go right. You know, team did everything that they could. I feel like I still made a couple of mistakes, but I just went in there with the attitude that I was just going to drive hard and I know that we can do this and it just really paid off so um, you know it's cool to be up there racing against those guys and you pass the 98 car the 22 and you're like man I, I know what those rides cost to run and it's like you know that's where all the compliments come in from you know big guys in the sport so you know that was that was very cool and it, it really pumps up the team when they know they go to the track and 
you know, they're not just a 25th place team or whatever. They're like, you know, we're on a, you know, we're on a top 15 team. If, you know, if we can get everything going right. The average fan doesn't, I don't think it really, uh, the average fan understands the economics of racing and how a team goes about what they do. Uh, the I heard a, a great explanation for the Cup Series. I would imagine that the Xfinity Series is the same. That some teams can have more, you know, end up having more tires because they have more budget. Uh, they have engineers. They, you know, they have they have a whole lot of other items that that maybe your team, BJ McLeod Motorsports, doesn't have. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, our race team, you know, we were in three cars and I think we've got about 14 people across all three of them. So, you know, we, we kind of don't have quite the personnel, some of the resources that, you know, these bigger teams have, you know, simulator time throughout the week, um, pulling the race cars down all the time. And, you know, we just, we don't have that. So, you know, we've got to go about different things and different routes. And basically, we really don't have tire money every week. You know, Richmond, you know, we, we didn't even have tire money for the second day, but because we ran so well the first day that, you know, gave us a little bit more of a budget for the second day to go buy some more tires. So that's really just how we have to operate is week to week um, to try and run with those guys. You know, we, we can't go out there and be wrecking race cars all the time. So sometimes you'll not be so aggressive on certain moves that you want to make because you got to have a, that same race car the following week. So um, that's another thing that the big teams, you know, they can go wad one up and they'll have one ready to go the next day. So you know, we just, we can't do that. And yeah, there's different programs and motors and, you know, those big guys buying tires and stuff. So it's, it's hard to compete with, but we showed this weekend that, you know, we get, you know, the little things that go right, and we can do big things. Yeah, that even was magnified this weekend because you had a you had a uh, night-day doubleheader at Richmond. So, one, you had to turn the car, your team had to turn the car around from nighttime to daytime um, overnight. Um, and you also had as a driver to know that you've got that car for the weekend. So how difficult for, for that was, was that for you as a driver and as the team to turn the car around? Yeah. So that was our last doubleheader. Fortunately this year, all of our doubleheaders, you know, my car hasn't been needing any work for the following day. So we've done a good job there. Just kind of knowing what we had to do the next day. And, you know, the, further I got up, you know, we had to start dead last um, the first day because we had an unapproved adjustment that, you know, mechanical, something went wrong, we had to fix. So we had to start dead last, and I was like, you know, I'm going to just kind of be kind of smooth here. And, you know, we fired off five laps into it, and I'm like, man, we got a good car. And so I started getting a little bit more aggressive, and you know, we cracked the top 20, and I was like, man, I, we're way faster than this. I know we pass more cars, but at the same time, like, I got to be smart with it. So, and that Richmond's kind of like, you know, we all seen it this weekend. It's turned into, I don't want to say a safe place to race, but, you know, you can, there's more spots, you know, to stay out of the way or, you know, there's just 
you, you can fight a loose race car all day long and still feel in control, whether you're at a mile and a half and you're loose and side by side with somebody, like something's going to happen. So Richmond, you can be a little bit more aggressive with that. And, you know, it's, it was definitely important to, you know, keep that on our mind on the first day, just make sure that, you know, we didn't have to pull all night or try to fix that race car because we had a backup. Um, but, you know, with our situation, like our backup, we get it as close as we can as being ready. But, you know, sometimes we don't have all the parts to make it 100% complete. So you got to swap a lot of things over. Um, so that was that was very important. Moving to a little bit different topic, you talk about ha- handling a loose race car. You started your uh, racing career in go-karts when you were younger. Tell our listeners, you know, your path to the Xfinity Series, um, you know, hometown Lynchburg, Virginia, and then uh, just just take us through that path because, uh, frankly, I want to know as well. Yeah, um, you know, kind of my dad raced motocross, so uh, we were always in the race and we loved NASCAR and everything, but I originally kind of grew up in the, he started me out on a dirt bike when I was three years old and did that until I was about 12 years old and somehow matured and seen all my dad's injuries and stuff, you know, I was like, you know what, I don't really want to be part of that. You know, I see how he gets up out of bed in the morning and stuff. I was like, you know, I don't want to be part of that. So we switched to go-karts when I was 12 years old. We had a track about five miles down the road and just fell in love with it. And, um, you know, just kind of kept progressing. We were doing good. Went into modifieds when I was 14. That following year, we were testing late models. Um, then we raced late models until I was about 17, 18. And before you know it, like we were getting very fortunate with funding and everything. And we're like, you know, with the funding that we've got right now, like, let's go try and do a one-off truck race. Like, let's just go, you know, do it. And we ran one truck race and that turned into another one. And before you know it, I'd ran four truck races within three months or so. And, that was like a blessing and we just um just kept following that dream you know i always wanted to be a nascar driver um, as soon as i took my first lap in the go-kart so it was just um very fortunate to have all the opportunities that i got growing up last year you got signed full-time by bj mcleod motorsports to to drive the number five what was that feeling like for you? I mean, it, it, obviously you got, you were excited, but uh, uh, you know, and it's kind of a fulfilling a dream uh, that I'm sure you had as a kid growing up. You know, doing modified slate models, whatever. Um, what was that feeling like when you got that phone call? You know, since my very first truck race, I've known BJ. Um, you know, he kind of came over to me when I was when I made my start with Bobby Daughter because he kind of seen me over there. Like he knew I was nervous and stuff and he was super humble. He came over and talked to me and tried to help me out, coach me a little bit. And so I've always been close to BJ and I've always, you know, I was fortunate enough to run a couple of races with him in 2017. And, you know, when you get up to the Sony series, you know, prices go up a little bit. And, you know, to sign that full deal last year was just, a dream come true you know i couldn't have done it with you know a better um team owner him and jessica and they you know treated me like their own they do a lot for me um so it was it was cool to just you know be like hey i'm 
a full-time NASCAR driver. Like I'm doing this for a living and for them to just take me in, like, um, like I'm their family. It's, you know, you feel more relaxed in the situation. Um, but you also have to remind yourself like, Hey, I'm, you know, I made, it. I made it to this point. Like this is my dream as a kid and being able to do this is, you know, um, a blessing. What is BJ like? I, you know, working in the sport, I've never talked to him, but he looks like a total badass. And is he, <laughs> is he, is he out inwardly like he looks on the outside? Uh, I mean, to a certain degree, you know, he's definitely not, not a guy that you want to go up and just start trash talking. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't think but, so. You know, he's like, if you just go up to him and like, I mean, he's super great with fans. You know, he's, um, you know, me and him, we hang out every other day. Um, you know, he's just a super humble, cool guy. Um, you know, we just, uh, he's just, you know, just an average guy, you know, he may look like not the quite average NASCAR driver, you know, he's, he's into uh, a lot of intimidating stuff, I guess, you can go <laughs> about whatever you want to say about it, but yeah. no, he's just a super humble guy, um, and he's just fun to hang out with. Another story I wanted to touch on, too, um, because a few years ago, you were driving the number eight car. And a certain driver, um, who we all know, uh, wanted to uh, have that number back. So how was the conversation, and were you a part of the conversation with Dale Jr. when, uh, when he, you know, he wanted to come back and have the, have the eight-car run for his team? Yeah, so originally, like, you know, when we signed uh, the deal to run full-time last year, it was projected that I was going to have the eight-car. And, you know, it was probably a couple weeks into it after we signed the deal and BJ calls me one day and he's like, Hey, um, Dale Jr. is wanting the eight car, eight number back. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. But I was like, so what number am I going to be? And he's like, well, I'm thinking he's going to trade us out for one of his numbers. And, you know, my dad wore number five when he raced motocross and everything. And I was like, you know what? Like, can you try and get that number five for me? And, um, so we were able to do that deal. Dale Jr. was very cool about it. Um, you know, obviously I understand why he wanted to eat that. And I was like, you know, if that's sentimental to him, like maybe he can give me, you know, the five number, which is kind of sentimental to me. And he was very cool about it. And we made that swap and I was actually very happy about it. So, well, the one thing I didn't didn't give my eight, eight to Dale Jr. So. The one thing about that is that certain numbers look fast. Mm-hmm. The, right. The, a, a five looks fast. Yeah. I don't care what font you use. It still looks fast. Right. So, I mean, that's a cool number. I mean, it's nice to be able to make a number your own, you know, because like yeah. the eight, you know, is kind of associated with junior. Yeah. So right. it's it's nice to have a number that you can associate with yourself. I, I We talk about it all the time, Matt. We were trying to add up all the current Virginia drivers in Xfinity and Cup. This state has produced a ton of great drivers. Whether you know, and and you're one of them. You are yeah. you are a part of our race in Virginia family. Uh, hopefully, this won't be the last time we talk to you. Our job here is to promote drivers and tracks 
and of all kinds. Like we're, we're going to be talking drag racing next, but it. But and we, we talked drag racing previously. Before, yeah, previously. But but the thing is, is that you know we, we want to make sure that the fans out there understand that Virginia is badass, straight yeah. up badass, because we have <laughs> some of the best drivers in the country right here in our state that are competing every week in Xfinity and Cup and Truck. Right. That's. Uh, Definitely produced a lot of them. I'd say Virginia's for racers, not lovers. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we, I, hey, I we, like we're that. gonna. Uh, by the way, we're gonna. We're gonna. We'll probably end up using that in the open. Uh huh. Virginia's yeah, Virginia's go. for racers, racers, not lovers. But but it's also for racing lovers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any, any, any combination. Yeah. Any of those, combination uh, of that. Those two, but you yeah. Can. Man, you can choose around Valentine's Day what you want to use. But. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You had a great weekend, and that was, you know, one of the things that kind of uh, jumped out at us. To be honest with you, I had no idea that you were from Lynchburg. You know, because a lot of guys like you, you've you've moved to North Carolina, and that's kind of where you know everybody goes. Hey, he's from you know yeah. Concord, North Carolina. No, he's not. He's from Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh huh. You yeah. know, and people don't realize that's a that's a small little town. I mean, it's not a huge town, but it's not a small one either. But you know, that's because my sister lives there. So I mean, I, I know yeah. where it is. It's so great. I mean, to know that we have, we just added another Xfinity driver that I had no idea was from the state of Virginia. And I, I should, to be honest with you, I apologize. I'll apologize to uh, you straight up because I should know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As long as I've done racing, yeah, uh, it 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 does get a little. I mean, it's I mean, like I was in uh, asphalt racing. I announced at South Boston for a longest long time. Then when I switched over to uh, the dirt, I kind of let the asphalt stuff go go. But now, over the last three years doing this show, we talk a lot of asphalt racing. So it's it means great to know we have some great young talent, and we hope that we see you climb the ladder. And uh, and and we hope to to see that that number five do very well, BJ McLeod, uh, Motorsports, because the dude is cool and he's cool looking. You know, he's just. We hope the best for you both. Yeah. So yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your schedule to visit with us, man. And uh, we look forward to having you back on. Welcome to the family. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you for bringing me on. Folks, he is Matt Mills. Of course, uh, drives the number five JF Electric Chevrolet Camaro for BJ McLeod Motorsports. And yet another kid. 23 years old. I can say he's, kid. He's a kid. <laughs> you I can, can say Actually, kids. you can, can say, say kid, kid, too. too. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of times I can't say kid. I mean, my, I mean you can't. I, I can. can. Yeah. <laughs> we, we'll, figure, we'll figure it out. There's just so much talent here in this state. It really is very, very cool. Very cool. He did uh, did racing Virginia proud on yeah. uh, on Friday and Saturday. And, and by the way, folks, we we we've got numbers for a lot. Got, we got Jeb Burton's yeah. number now, man. We, <laughs> it's like, it's I, like we're, I will, we're creeping on him. <laughs> and I will tell all the fans out there, I have some former drivers that aren't drive. You know, that have retired. That I am. We're going to start a little segment with where are they now, kind of thing. You know, and have some of those guys on, uh, and 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 I'd love to get Tommy Ellis on. Oh my God, that'd be a good interview. I don't think he'll do it, but <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, he's he's very private. Tommy's yeah. very private. 
Uh, we're gonna keep this. We're gonna keep this train rolling. Speaking of Tommy's, yeah. Speaking of Tommy's, uh, we're gonna talk to the owner of Virginia Motorsports Park. Of course, Tommy Franklin. How you doing, Tommy? I'm doing good. Good to talk to you. By the way, we had talked. I didn't know it was going to be this early because we wanted to have you back on. Because we, I don't think we never, I don't think we scratched the surface in our last interview because we talked more about you owning VMP. Yeah. Well, when when it all comes down, I mean, you are one of the the country's top pro mod drivers mm-hmm. as well. I am going to say this: your VP, Tyler. Cross no, kind of, kind of threw mm. you under the bus a little bit earlier. Oh no! <laughs> and and he said that we should talk to you about uh, last year's Pro Mod versus Radio versus the World. <laughs> That's the way he wants to throw things around this week, huh? <laughs> so, so, That's so, right. so, we can get him too. <laughs> so, 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 Tommy, let's talk about. It. So. Uh, what what happened? Well, I know what it, we all know what happened because yeah, Tyler told we us. We want to hear it. We want to hear it from you. What happened? I mean, you, you hole shot him, all right? You almost got him. You almost won. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah man. You know, um, this, look, the the simple answer that everybody probably wants to hear is I got beat. All right, I can say that. That's okay. <laughs> um, you know the the truth is the the rule sets are different on those cars, um, but. I'm not taking away. Marcus Burt's a bad dude. They've got some, uh, they've got, those things are fast. They do. I mean, he's running Pat Musi power. Yeah. He's got Stevie Jackson over tuning with them. They're, um, they're super fast. So not taking anything away from them, but I will say this, set that thing beside us on the same scales with the same rule set on, on weight. And I will bury that thing every day. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this. I mean, these, this pro mod that you drive, and, uh, and by the way, you know, everybody, Tyler goes, it's, you know, a lot of folks go, oh, that doesn't look like a Camaro. I said, well, hell, if it don't, you look that In thing coming, you think that thing coming at the, you know, coming at you looks like a 69 Camaro. I know, I had one. If the thing's coming at me, yeah, though, you're I'm right, getting out of the way. That's right. <laughs> the uh, the '69 body does it, it. They did a really good job of making that a um, as close to as, and of course, they're stretched wheelbases yeah. and things like that. So, but that's what's always been cool about Pro Mod is is you got wild bodies and stretched in bodies and things like that. So, you know, we've got our classes out there like Pro Stock that has um, more of a stock wheelbase and factory appearing cars. So, you know, Pro Mod's always just kind of been that wild and you know, stretched and chopped and this and that. So, but the 69, in my opinion, is very similar to the uh, factory body. You know, at least it's recognizable. And, um, and that's it. I'm just, I love it. You know I mean? I, there's new body styles out there and things like that, but I struggle to go that route with the, uh, with the pro mod car, just cause I, I think of the old shoe boxes and the yeah. willies and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, but it's just preference. There's, there's a ton of them out there and, we like variety, and that, that's what's cool about it. So. The Pro Mod has always, like from what I've been watching, they have some of them that have a older, even older body styles, don't they? Oh, they do, yeah. There's a lot of, like, 41 Willys yeah, bodies. Thought, yeah. There's, um, you know, the 57 Chevrolet, the 55. You yeah. know, there's, um, there's a lot of them, but then you get the new Camaro bodies. You got the uh, Dodge Dart body, like Lizzie Musi's car. Um, there's just a ton of them, different, a lot of different variety and stuff. So that's what's cool about it is, you know, seeing a bunch of uh, different style stuff. And there's a decent amount of 69s out there just because 
shoot, probably same reason that was probably one of the most popular cars in 69, right? It's yeah. just it's a good-looking ride. So. For the fan out there, because we, we really didn't touch on the, the driving part of your career. You, you know, you're, you're a former champion in PDRA, and you've gone under four seconds quite a, be, quite a few times. What, you know, what is it like? To, to drive that, that, you know, your car and, and to launch it off the, the start-finish line. Kind of go, go through what you're thinking when you're getting pushed up there, when you do the burnout. Kind of give us an idea of what you're thinking. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, just from the time you fire the engines and you roll through the burnout pit, that's when the adrenaline starts to pump. And, you know, you smoke the tires on it, get, get a nice burnout, come back. Virgin nitrous, all these things are just building. You can imagine, right? Just the adrenaline's building, no different than you sitting there watching. The adrenaline's building, you're purging the nitrous, you're keeping your composure. You've got somebody beside you that's doing the same thing. Mind games come into place there. You know, you're going into stage and who's staging first and things of that sort. And then uh, when you leave, I mean, these things are wicked, man. They do. They leave. They're, they're nasty, you know, and... Uh, you get out, you leave, you clear about 60 to 100 feet, and then all of a sudden the lock-up torque converter comes in, and, oh, boy, you better hang on because it's, uh, that's when the ride really starts getting fun. You know, you'll see, especially the per-nitrous cars, you'll see those a lot of times you get out there and kind of hike the front wheels up about 100, 150 foot and carry them to 300, 330 feet, you know, and it's uh, it's a ride, man. It really, really is. It's cool, cool car to drive. Um you know, and about, about time all that settles down, you're clipping the eighth-mile cones and got to get shoots out and get everything stopped. And uh, so from the start to the finish, it's, you know, you, you often wonder what, what happens inside. Are you breathing? Are you not breathing? What are you doing? But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's a cool feeling. Um, I love driving. I've, I've learned to love tuning. I really love tuning, you know. So uh, it's just um, – both sides of it. You pick at these things, and it's like, all right, I just went 366. How am I going to go 364? How am I going to go 362? You know, and you pick away at these things. And when we get air conditions like we're starting to get into this time of year, yeah. that's when the excitement really comes because it's like, oh, boy, can I burn the scoreboards down or not? You know, so. For drag racing, humidity, temperature, all that plays into account of, of how you set your car up. Oh, a ton, yeah. So, I mean, tune-up on the engine is, is critical. Um, with that, you know, you can be making good power and then you've got to rely on racetrack and it's, you know, Hey, do we, do we have a lot of sun out? Is the racetrack temperature hot? Is it not? I could throw a blow in on Tyler Crossner right now, but no. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he but, did uh, say that, that that's his job. That's right. That's his job mm-hmm. to make sure the racetrack's decent, but, uh, yeah. he, he does a good job on it. Um, you know, we, we go out there and, uh, but, you know, as a driver and as a tuner, you're relying on that racetrack. And, you know, I think everybody would say the same thing. Good or bad racetrack, we just want the same racetrack every round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's, it's hard to tune when you're getting something different. But but we do. We, I mean, you know, on the PDRA side of it at Virginia Motorsports Park, and, you know, Tyler will Tyler want the best racetrack out there every single time. But, you know, when you're racing in temperatures, 130, 140, 150 degree racetrack temperatures, that's just hard. And you're, you know, measuring power to, to try to uh, get the car down. But when we get those under 100 degree racetracks and you got, yeah. you know, 1,000, 1,200 foot of air, 
oh boy, it's, it gets exciting. <laughs> it's, it's just like, uh-oh, what are we going to do now? <laughs> yeah, uh, as, we, as we say in the round track stuff, uh, when it's a little chillier, uh, that cold air makes a lot of power. And if I'm looking at this, it, uh, this weather correctly, the high temperature on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is going to be 68 degrees. That's oh gonna my make, gosh, say it one more time. One more time. <laughs> the high temperature on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is going to be 68 degrees. He, he is. That's right. You got him all, now you got him all jazzed, man. He won't, he, won't be able to, he won't be able to work the rest of the week. Uh, yeah, I might as well just go ahead and start right now. You're right. It's, uh, so, you know, what's cool about that from a, I mean, let's be honest, from a racer standpoint, that's, that's awesome. You can't ask for nothing better than that. But what about the fans, the spectators? They can come out and enjoy something yeah. without sweltering heat. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we talk about it all the time. The, the the racing world's changed, right? And people, there's so much more to do and so many things to do. And you can get automatic updates and see the results of everything instantly. But there, you can't replace that when you sit there and watch and smell and see and hear. You know everything that's going on at the racetrack. So. 68 degrees, there's no excuses. Get out of the house, bring the family, come out and watch the races because this is the baddest thing you're ever going to see and, and, and never forget it the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, that, that, this, is the, this is what uh, I talk about all the time because as, uh, you know, uh, with, with working at a round track, and it's the same for your drag, uh, your drag strip, is that hot weather, really, really hot weather, it might as well be raining. Because that's how some it of the might f- well be. You're right. That's how that's how some of the fans treat it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's oh god, it's going to be too hot, man. I don't want to go sit out in them grandstands or walk around in the heat. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a, kind of the same mentality as if there's a high chance of rain. Yeah. So it is, and, and partially you get it, but at yeah. the same time, I think the difference is there. There, you know, mm-hmm. twenty years ago there wasn't the options of everything else to do. So if you want sure. to do something, you're going to go. Sweat in the racetrack, and, yep. and that's what we did. I got to go back to the, you know, the pro mod versus radio versus the world. You you got to want revenge and payback, right? Always. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps his, he keep it simple. Because Tyler was telling us, it, it you know when because you're you're I guess you're drawing pills to see who you go up we against, do. and I guess the world kind of just aligned the top guy in radial versus the world and the top guy in pro mod, which was you pulled the same pill or was actually the, you know, now I'm thinking about it. It sounds like a setup. Dude, Dave, I'm not joking. If you were standing there watching this, you would have swore that it was a rigged deal. So, um, and I watched Tyler. I'm sure that I didn't see anything shady that he did, but I'm telling you, it was by chance that we were going to get lined up and that was what everybody wanted. But we're, we're sitting there, everybody drew their chips, and we're watching, and they're like, called out, all right, who's got number ones? And those two drivers stepped up, and number twos, number threes, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, why is it me and Marcus standing here right now? <laughs> I was like, this is really going to happen. We, we really didn't think it was going to happen, but guess what? It is here. It's happening. And um, that was a heck of a race, you know I mean? That was, that was what was really cool. Heck of a race, and um, – you know, the, the big tire versus small tire debate's always out there, and, you know, we've all got our, our sides and our picks, but the bottom line is the cars are awesome, and they all go fast. So 
being able to line up beside those guys and race with those guys, I love it. And I love any good competition. You know, there's no doubt. And it's all good competition. So, uh, but do I want revenge? Oh, yes. You know, you know that. So. For the sake of entertainment, we hope you uh, get the opportunity. That's right. That's right. I was, uh, you know, it's funny because we sat there and I watched our, it was a, it's a really cool deal because all the big tire cars, right? We all became on the same team. So what usually is our competitors that we're trying to cut their head off. Now we're all on the same team. And then all the small tire guys, they're on the same team. So it's us versus them. I watched the first pair go out there and the second pair and third pair. And all of a sudden the big tire cars are up. I'm like, oh yeah, look at this, and I come up there and I'm like, I I lose it for him and didn't lose. We, we you know, the big tire still won, but you know, I did not want to fall uh, <laughs> down at any way, shape, or form. So it was, um, but it's really cool to to see everything, just to see how people want to be on the teams and stuff like that, and to watch all of my competitors. You know, we, we're all on the same team and cheering for each other to win. I was like, this is really strange, but really cool. Well, I I, want to tell the fans, you know, if you've never been to a drag strip and watched a race, this is one of those, it's kind of like NHRA, Mm -hmm. you know, coming to VMP. Uh, This is one of those type events, the Comp Cams Shakedown Nationals presented by Fuel Tech. Folks, the weather is going to be beautiful. You have no excuse. There's no, there's not <laughs> and, an excuse in the world. As come. Tyler said, the ticket ticket uh, pr- buying process yeah. has been streamlined. You can get right in. Um, with Co- you know they have COVID protocols. Yep. They have stations for sanitizer. You know it's all there, folks. Yep. You don't. You have no. You have. <laughs> and and if it, <laughs> you're, you're, and, gonna, you're gonna have to give Dave a commission for this one. And, and look, I'm telling That's you, right. I'm just telling you right now, the energy that Tyler brought. Absolutely. The energy that Tommy brought. Yeah. That should tell you yeah. something. Yeah. The owner and VP of Virginia Motorsports Park, the excitement level they have, that's the kind of event, folks, that you are going to have. You're going you're gonna to be, this thing is going to be badass. It's 16th through the 19th, and the, the ticket buying process couldn't be any easier. It, there's a big yellow button that says, buy here. <laughs> right, on, right online, and you can come in, show your ticket. You don't have to look, wait in line. There's you can even just come a, right in. Look, there's even a racer pre-registration. <laughs> so, folks, uh, head out to uh, Virginia Motorsports Park and and see Tommy and get revenge, get payback. That's right. Get payback. We're, we're gonna make our best attempt. There's that's for sure. <laughs> All right, Tommy, man, it is always great to talk to you and Tyler, and uh, we look forward to having uh, you. Uh, hope that you guys have a, a badass event this weekend. Really do. That's Be- right. If I get revenge, give me back on soon. If not, don't call. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep up with you here. Uh, uh, there you go. All right, thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. Seriously, if. If that energy, yeah, I mean, you can hear them both of them. They I, want, I wonder what, up about look, this I wonder what the, I wonder what the conversation is going to be like with Tyler and Tommy when he mm-hmm. when he call. I, I bet he's going to get on the phone. Yeah. Fu- I bet he's on the phone because well, you threw me under the bus. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Well, we we did we did warn Tyler yeah. that we were going to tell Tommy. So uh, so he's ready for. It. Look, there's great racing everywhere this weekend. Mm-hmm. It, uh, at every track, they're going to have beautiful weather. 
I think Franklin County has uh, monster trucks this week, uh, which VMP has mo- the monster trucks mm-hmm. n- next week. Uh, but they, you know, the Comp Cam Shakedown Nationals presented by Fuel Tech this weekend. Mm-hmm. It says Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Is that it? 16th to the. Yeah. Yeah. It's thir- six, six, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 16th, 16th, 17th, yeah. 18th, 19th. 19th. Yeah, it's four days. Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, right. that's right. Uh, and by the way, if you want schedules to any racetrack, it's up on racingvirginia.com. Yep, we've got links okay. to all of them right there. And we have plenty of social media. At Racing Virginia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. And more importantly, you, don't, you, you can go to your favorite directory now. And get our show. Folks, you know, that is, we're making, again, no excuses. <laughs> you can listen to the show and then go to VMP yeah. this weekend. If you, if you listen on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please make sure you give us a rating. Mm-hmm. And a, a good, a good a rating. Good, yeah, we hope, we hope a five. Give us a five. Come a on. High five. You know, because the more fives we get, the yeah. more we show up in the... The algorithm the, pushes, yeah, pushes us to, us to, to the, the top. top. And the same thing with reviews. Yeah. Give us, if, yeah. you know. And if you got something bad to say, just yeah. don't say it. No, no. But if you, if you do have something bad to say, 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 say it nicely. It, yeah, say it, ni- <laughs> say it nicely. Or, better yet, send, <laughs> send us an email, info yeah. at racingvirginia.com, and tell us what we need to do better for you. Sounds good. I, I do have something nice to say. What? It is uh, Brandon Brown, not me, his birthday today. Ah, happy birthday, Happy Brandon. birthday. We should have had him on. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he might be a, um, I don't know what he's doing right now. Yeah. I should text him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be bothered at yeah. nine in the morning yeah. on his birthday. Uh, a lot of racing going on this weekend, folks. And uh, we, we have a lot of drivers that we want to cover. Go ahead. Yeah. Speaking of one of the drivers that we want to cover, one of the drivers I want to give a shout-out to this weekend is Jeb Burton, who in limited time, in limited time, in that eight car, um, he was bad fast this weekend at Richmond, too. Drove up from the, drove up from the uh, back of the field on Friday night, had some uh, mechanical issues that kept him out of the front of the field, and then finished a career-best second place behind his teammate Justin Augier on Saturday in the Virginias for Racing Lovers 250. Let me tell you Badass job, you, you, Yes, you couldn't ask for anything better for him. Because he has had, I mean, he's been in the wrong place at the wrong, at the wrong time. Yep. That, that car has had yeah. incredibly bad luck all year <laughs> yeah. long. Um, and and, and he's a good, put, and it just shows he's a good driver. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and given the circumstances where mm-hmm. you don't get caught up in somebody else's stuff, yep. you're going to do well. So yep. congratulations, Jeb. We're going to get Jeb on, by yeah, the way. Yes, we are. See, I'm telling you, we, we have do. a plethora. <laughs> the amount of people that we need to talk to. I mean, the short yeah. track drivers, the Xfinity drivers. I'm still trying to get Denny Hamlin. <laughs> the 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 golden the golden Virginia goose, as it were. Maybe we'll get him after he wins the championship this year. Look, maybe we'll get him after he enters no, the NASCAR Hall of Fame. No, we're going to get him before the end of, end of the year. Oh, we man, have that's, to. That's bold. As as a bold Come on now, why, why wouldn't he want to be? A, this is this is a badass show. Um, I know, I'm right. on it. <laughs>
Uh, but hey, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, the list goes on and on and on. Just search, search for us, you'll mo- find us. Most, most ever, all of you will probably want to do, uh, pro- most everybody does Apple Podcasts or Spotify, probably. Yep. I'm a Spotify guy. I'm an, and I'm an Apple Podcast see, guy. See? see? Yin and yang. Yin and yang. There we go. Uh, as, as always, we can't thank uh, Matt Mills. Uh, Tyler Crossno, Tommy Franklin, enough for coming on and taking some time out of their schedule to visit with us. Yep. Uh, some great, there's some great content in there. We're going to have some good stuff coming up yep. on our social media channels for you. And for Brandon Brown, I'm Dave C. Thank you, the listener. And remember, keep raising Virginia. <laughs>